0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Planet Podcast. Last week, we started a new series of podcasts on wastewater. And our first guest was Jerry Asumbere, who shared his experience from uh, Accra in Ghana. And um, I would also like to thank you and Habitat that helped to make this series possible. So today is our second podcast in what will likely be a series of six podcasts. It might even grow to a few more and we're on a worldwide tour. So from Accra, Ghana, we fly west across the Atlantic today to Trinidad for our guest of today. Wayne Williams is the executive director of the Caribbean Water and Wastewater Association. Welcome, Wayne.
1: Thank you, Alexander. Great to be here and great to be talking wastewater. <laughs> it's Great that you could join today.
0: So to start with a bit of background, how, how did you get involved in wastewater?
1: Well, I guess it was a timing thing. Um, right after I graduated uh, from uh, college in Florida, I came back home to Trinidad and immediately got a job at the water utility. They were just about to separate the wastewater operations from the water operations. So traditionally, they had one engineer in different different engineers across the country responsible for different areas. But they found that with the pressures, or should I say, lack of pressures of water, uh, they were constantly um, giving most of their focus to the water and not to the wastewater. And, and earlier, and this was in the middle 80s, by the way, <laughs> earlier in the late 70s, Trinidad had gone through the first big oil boom. And with that influx of monies, the government started building very large government um, communities, housing. Yeah. with associated wastewater treatment plants, because most of them were outside of the existing infrastructure. So we had all of these treatment plants being run by the housing authority. And then the housing authority is like, listen, this is not what we do. This is for the Water and sewage Authority, WASA. And so realizing that they said, you know what, we need to ramp up our operations. And so I became the first wastewater engineer North, I guess they called me. And there was another young lady, same thing, recent graduate as well and she got the South. And so did that for about five five years um, before I moved on to something else. But yeah, it was wastewater and I, and I grew to love it in a big way. I'm an environmental engineer, um, so training on different things, but I grew to understand and love wa- wastewater. Uh,
0: perfect. So in a way, you could say that you were kind of ahead of your time in treating that since in, in the worldwide water community, I always noticed that there's a lot of attention for, for wash, so the water and sanitation and hygiene. And maybe there's attention for the big water works when people see, you know, flooding and those kind of things. But wastewater seems to be an issue that gets a bit less noticed. The first time that it really got worldwide attention was in 2015 when we agreed on on, on the SDGs, the sustainable development goals, when uh within water, one of those 17 goals there was for the first time a, a separate mention of the importance of wastewater. Did you, uh, did you notice in your work that the attention for wastewater has increased since uh, since we agreed on, on the SDG uh, 6.3, which specifically mentions wastewater?
1: Well, to some degree. To some degree, I would have liked much more. But um, as I said, usually, and, and you know, throughout the Caribbean, because Cirobebe is regional, a regional NGO um, throughout the Caribbean, it's still a, there's still a huge emphasis on water because you know not everywhere has water twenty four seven, and so you know if you're governing the country and your people are are, are fussing about water, you 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 pay you still pay that attention. But the, the challenge is now that wastewater is is becoming more popular in terms of having to deal with it, uh, with, with the worldwide increase and in interest. Uh, we have international bodies, uh, some regional bodies coming in and asking those hard questions. And, um, so that's why there are a lot of studies being taken. You know, a lot of studies have taken place still a lot of just study, 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 but at least the data is there. And, um, you know, some folks are starting to come up with potential solutions. Uh, but, it's still lagging. <laughs> um, wastewater tends to be out of sight, out of mind sometimes. Uh, so, yeah. yeah.
0: And you you mentioned data. Normally, when you want a change, when you when you want more attention for something, when you want to uh, to improve it in quality, or when you want to expand it and scale it up in in uh, in, in quantity, um, it it often starts with data. Is that do we have enough data to know where the problems are? Do we have enough data to be able to measure progress?
1: Um, there's enough data to know that there's a problem. Um, there's enough data uh, to know that some of the low-hanging fruit um, problems can be solved. Um, there is there's a need for more data. Sorry, I don't know if you're hearing the dogs barking <laughs> in the back. Hi, <laughs> hi, um, The cheese squab. <laughs> working from home. Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, there's enough data to get us going. There's enough data to get funding. Uh, there's enough data to, 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 to fund even greater studies with more, with more, um, to get more detail and to, and to, and to propose more detailed solutions. But wastewater is one of those things that if it's not acting right, you know, immediately. And if the treatment plants are not treating well, you know, immediately. Um, so, as of what percentage here and what percentage there yeah those are good to know yeah but you know you could just go drive up to a treatment plant and know right away that if it's functioning or not functioning yeah so um, there really is no excuse
0: yeah yeah I can I can see that so if you if you look at um, at at the Caribbean because you are now the executive director of the Caribbean water and wastewater association so uh that's that's why i was so happy that uh you and the habitat proposed to in, invite you here because you have this this wider view of the of the caribbean uh what would you say are the biggest challenges on wastewater in the caribbean
1: underfunding <laughs> underfunding uh, Money. it's a it's, a, communi- it's a combination of, yes it, it always right um it's a combination of two things actually um the the, the the countries, the island nations, well, not all islands because Guyana and Suriname are mainland and Belize. So the, the countries of the Caribbean, if you have wastewater treatment plants, um, you usually are underfunded. The tariffs are too low. And so therefore the costs, operational maintenance costs will exceed what you might or even come close to what you might retrieve uh, in tariffs. So there's a reluctance to address the challenge because it's going to cost you money. One, one of the burgeoning challenges that we have right now is that many of the countries that used to use primarily septic tanks and soak away which which is which is acceptable treatment um it keeps it keeps the wastewater from uh, contact with people because like we like to say the reason for wastewater treatment is not number one is not to protect the environment it's to protect public health and because um, I think you like the quote I said, Peter. The, the the ground, the earth does not. The rivers don't get cholera. People do. Yeah. So, so we have the on treatment that is handled. Um, you know, and and the soils are generally good because it's usually it's um, usually very porous soils we have in in the, in the Caribbean. But with the advent of some of the larger hotels and some of the more tourist-oriented larger structures. You know, you, you can't put them on a septic tank. Um, so you have to put in a treatment plant. And uh, with that comes the required legislation, governance, uh, standards, um, and just basically knowledge on how to operate and maintain these things. And so that is becoming an interesting challenge in, in the region um, that not only do we not know how to take care of them, Not only do we have people coming in and selling treatment plants that are, you know, that you don't know, you don't have much information on. You know, they'll just come and sell you a plant. And we've had problems where people have sold plants, some foreign plants, and then the instructions are in that foreign language, and uh, there's no training. And so it's we've had a gamut of challenges, um, but. But under financing, You see, if it was if it was financially viable, more people would get into it as a business. A lot more public-private partnerships would take place. Um, but because it's not um, profitable uh, thus far, you know, people just sort of staying away and hope it doesn't cause problems <laughs> and see how long yeah. they could get away with it.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So financing, lack of uh, lack of uh being an intrac- an attractive investment uh and yeah you mentioned uh, training and maintenance uh, as, as another issue if you look at the K- Caribbean compared to let's say last week when I was um, uh, I was I was talking to Jerry in Ghana uh, are there are there like unique situations in the Caribbean that makes it really different from
1: other places in the world Well the first one that obviously comes to mind is that we are in a hurricane belt and so, as those um, storms come off of the west coast of Africa and, and build in, in in the Atlantic, and then there we are, right right in the way, um, especially this time of year between June and December. Yeah. So we have a greater frequency of well, hurricanes. Always gets the, pub, the the press, but tropical storms are just as bad. In fact, this morning I was seeing on my my phone. Uh, from one of the members in our association it rained again in dominica and there was more flooding so it flooded last week um from a storm that people didn't even know um caused the problem they were focusing on a hurricane elsewhere and a tropical storm something a hurricane was passing through belize um, i think it was last week but there was some rains otherwise that caused great flooding in saint lucia and dominica and, yeah. and roads washed away and, and of course if roads wash away many times the infrastructure that's crossing roads and bridges or alongside roads and crossing bridges gets washed away too. Yeah. So we have that as a challenge um, in that the frequency of these tropical, tropical events um, are causing a hazard on, on our sustainability.
0: Yeah. And we have and- now, right now in Sharm el we just started today the the, the second week of, of uh, COP 27, the annual um, Meeting of all the parties of of the UNFCCC, the 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 basic climate treaty of the UN, um, and the main issue, at least in the media, several main issues, but the media jumped very much on the on the loss and damage debate. So uh, the increasing cost associated uh, for with climate change for countries in the south that hardly or completely you could say zero to the problem but they get they get the brunt of the problem that was caused by the countries in the north and therefore these countries say we got so much damage you know help us and pay up for the damage that you are causing in our country and i can imagine that uh, in from your perspective in the many years that you worked on wastewater that you must have uh, seen a change? Do you see? Is 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 the problem increasing? Is the is the flooding getting worse? Is maybe sea level rise an issue, or, uh, or or more heat and, and, and drier ground? Are are those aspects playing a role?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, our droughts are drier and our wet seasons are are wetter. But they but um, for the most part, the water that is the rain that is falling. You know, it, it used to, in the beginning, it used to fool some of the, um, the experts. And when they looked, they said, but it's the same amount of rain every year. But it's falling in a much faster way. It's falling uh, more intense. And therefore, instead of getting soaked in the ground rain, as we, as we like to call it, we're getting runoff. And so our underground aquifers are not getting the recharge that they need to get because the water is, is coming so quickly that it is, um, that it is, is running off. And and, and and flooding the areas and with floods, especially if you have um wastewater infrastructure with manholes in the road, etc., um you you end up having the the, the, the the manholes underwater and um like in one of our housing areas they actually open the manholes to help drain the area. So they'll they'll open the manholes to drain the area. They open the manholes to drain the area, and um, of course, all the plastics and the floatables and the ground and the rocks and everything um, gets into the infrastructure, and then either it chokes it up, or it ends up being at the treatment plant, and that, that's a problem as well. So, you, you have treatment plants that are overloaded because of the increased inflow and infiltration, and therefore, some treatment plants basically have to um, just bypass the, waste, the, the incoming wastewater so that um, you don't uh, ruin the plant, the operations of the plant and the, and the symbiotic mm-hmm. relationship in the tanks. So, yeah. and and with the drought, you can we have less water. Of course, that affects the water supply in a big way. And then you'll have less water come to the treatment plants, which is less of a problem. But I mean, still, you, you design it for a certain flow that you're looking for. And, and if it is less than that, then, you know, you have to, Do other things.
0: So, what kind of adaptation would be needed specifically because of climate change? Does it mean that you need more capacity because your the 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 peak capacity demand is higher than the peak used to be in the past? Is that the main
1: problem? Well, there there's an argument. Of course, the argument's back and forth with that, as you'd imagine, because if you're designing it for a peak that comes very infrequently then you, you then probably your average would be too high, and if your average is too high, then you know you'll have trouble maybe in not to get too technical, but maybe in your clarifiers, the detention time may take too long um, and therefore you'll have different problems so really the goal is to to be able to put in infrastructure to handle the to handle the flooding because a lot of a lot of what's going on is that we still have the same infrastructure from before these current climate change impacts. I mean, in my neighborhood yesterday, my street flooded again. I have an extra barrier in front of my front gate to keep the water from coming in. Why? Because the drain is 50 years old. And and when when it was built, there were no houses upstream of me or hardly any. And now it's a million-dollar neighborhood that they built up there because it was a nice piece of land and, there's, and, and the houses are almost the same size as the property. So it's all roof runoff. And a paved yard runoff, where it used to just soak in the ground in 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 the forest. So yeah. with the increased runoff, you know you get the overloading of the drains, and then of course it runs in the road if it can't run in the drain. <laughs> yeah. So you know you have to the, the, the countries, the nations. Um, that's part of what they're talking about with needing money. You need funds to do things that you didn't think you would have had to have done. Um, I I see some. Some paved rivers we have in Trinidad when we, when we um, uh, change the direction of some of the flows just for development, and they're huge, they're huge paved things. And, and on a normal day, there may be two feet wide of water running in it, just two feet wide. But the drain is like, fifteen feet wide and about twenty foot deep. Yeah. And when it rains, one of those heavy rains, it's running full. It's running yeah. full. From from yeah. from a fraction less than, I would say less than five percent of of what it's built for, and then it, you know so I'm happy they they built it that big long ago, yeah. Uh, but you know. So we this, climate change is real. Climate change yeah. is real, and and um, we 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 do need the help because uh, it doesn't seem to be slowing down. In fact, some years are um, record breaking years, hundred year records, five hundred year records. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a trend we we see all, all over the world, of course. And it's it's uh, yeah,
1: yeah
0: I think it's scary how fast it goes, especially the last five years or so. It's it's just it's yeah, it's yeah. So visible uh, even even in in you know in Europe which which for a long yeah. time didn't much of it. We yeah, seem to go twice I, I was looking
1: at that,
0: yeah. World average
1: and I just
0: see yeah. it in my too. Um so on the on the the sdg the sustainable development goal uh, number six that uh, that that i mentioned already on mm-hmm. water mm-hmm. there uh, the one specifically on wastewater that indicator says talks about the, the proportion of the both the domestic and the industrial wastewater flows that are that are safely treated um is if you look at the challenge in the in the caribbean as a whole as a region how how much is uh, of of all the wastewater is now safely treated.
1: Well, there was a, there was an old um, statistic that said 85% wastewater is either untreated or undertreated. Uh, but that that number was revised uh, recently um, down to I think 60 something. <laughs> That's still too high, and and one of the one of the big challenges of untreated wastewater getting to our oceans because usually. You know, it's going to get into a water body of some sort, a small drain, a bigger drain, a little river, a big river, and then get to the sea. Um, it just simply just flows by gravity to the to sea level. Um, is that the coral, the coral for which we are well known and people come to dive and look at it and, and, and just, just you know, just be be blessed that we have it and be able to see, it, see everything that's associated with that, the coral reefs. Um, those are dying. Those are dying for different reasons. Um, one, of, one of the reasons is because grass is growing and grass is growing because it's getting liquid fertilizer coming from the land in, in under treated wastewater and the grass will choke out the coral. And so they have different things going on but the coral reefs are dying and, and um, it is a major concern um, not only because it's a, a tourist activity but just the fact that it's part of our environment that's being destroyed. Yeah. environment that helps that you know it it helps there's a reason why it's there and there's yeah. a reason why things thrive as a result of that and now those are dying slowly and and it is a major concern
0: yeah it's a, it's a sad story and there's of course also the, the heating of the ocean itself which also uh, affects uh, the coral it's extremely sensitive to to temperature and then on top of that yeah. Uh, this waste uh, coming up and tourism I suppose must be for many Caribbean countries a a main source of income so it's it's will have economic and the beach and the beaches are getting smaller I read in in some in islands just because of sea level rise
1: so it's happening already
0: yeah it's a lot of things uh, a lot of things to deal with at the same moment so on um, on wastewater treatment, you, you come with all kinds of good arguments why we should scale up a wastewater treatment. You already said that uh, uh, finance is a key problem. Of course, it's not an an attractive investment, um, but uh, yeah, still is needed. So how are uh, the different uh, governments and and utilities and investors in the in the Caribbean region? How are they? How are they dealing with this? How can you scale something up that's not very
1: popular to to scale up? Yeah, part of the challenge is that many of the governments, not all, but many of the governments have politicized water. You know, vote for me and I'll get you water. So now that they want, if they need to raise the water rates, the tariffs, um, the people get angry with the government. Now, if it was done properly, like um, the electrical um, sector, uh, when the electrical company wants to raise their their rates, people are angry with the electric company. But because of of the situation where water has been so politicized, um, you know, governments' hands are almost tied. You know, if you you know, um, and so many of the governments, yeah, it's been over ten years, some over twenty years since they raised their rates, and and the wastewater rate, for the most part, if they have one at all. Because, like I mentioned, most of the many of the countries have just had unlocked sewage treatment plants, so they didn't need a, a government standard. You just put in a treatment plant and, and put in your own septic tank, and that's what you have until you know until forever. <laughs> and now that they have these package plants that are being put into housing developments, and, and as I say, hospitals and stadium and all those things, you, you now have you now have an opportunity to collect um, some tariffs from some folks but they're not put in place or they're too low, you know, like for example, Trinidad, our wastewater rate is about half of our low water rate, which hasn't been raised in about 20 years. And, and in many countries, especially Europe, you know, the wastewater rate is a multiple of the water rate, twice, three, four, I've heard five times because of, you know, economies of scale. And so when you have a, a rate like that, nobody wants to touch it because it's losing. Even the government doesn't want to touch it because it's, it's losing, it's, it's a losing proposition. Yeah. so that has to be addressed um you know well that has to be addressed and one of the other things that was happening like for example in trinidad because of our our oil booms every now and then you know there's a lot of development that takes place and so we have arguably over 150 developments over time that have treatment plants, and and almost none of them are functioning properly because one the developer when he's finished is like listen i'm finished i sold my last house I'm not in the wastewater business. I'm out of here. So, then the government is like, "Well, we didn't tell you build that," and he's like, "Well, you're supposed to take it over." Well, we didn't tell you, you know, and blah 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 blah. And so, in the meantime, wastewater just runs into the environment. Yeah. And, and so, what what the government is starting to do here is starting to integrate, build a build a larger regional plant, you know, which you know get some foreign loans, which has been happening, which is good, and then you know. Bring in 30 treatment plants in an area and bring them all to one properly working government treatment plant. So, the integration effort is one of the ways of, of certainly um, overcoming these multiple faceted, deregularized, un, un, unmaintained um, treatment plants. So, it's a good start and has to continue. And as I said, we've built, I think, two big ones in Trinidad recently, and, and uh, it's been very effective because they now. We allow we we can now abandon, but well abandon, but decommission some old treatment plants and remove them and, and connect to the large infrastructure, which is which is good, which is good. Yeah. So you, planning is required. You need to plan. Um, you know, Guyana is coming into an oil boom right now. You know, and, and we don't want them to make the same mistake where you just build everywhere without without a plan. So I know that they they have an eye on Trinidad um, from when from since the 70s we, we got our first oil. And just to make sure they're not making they don't make the same mistakes. And the other thing that's going on is to be able to use nature-based solutions. Because one of the things we talked about, and you had mentioned UN Habitat. I'm very pleased that UN Habitat and CWA we worked together very closely. And um, you know, we had some webinars, on wastewater webinars um last year and they were very successful. And um I was it was great to be talking wastewater in the region. So very thankful for that. And, and, I, and I know that you guys, you work closely with them. So, um, that discussion, those kinds of discussions and CWA, you know, through our, uh, advocacy and, um, you know, being able to host webinars with, with, with agencies from all over the world and, um, funding agencies, funding development partners, uh, local businesses, you know, bringing everybody to the table to be able to move some of these things forward. Because if, if, if an item and if a category has been politicized, then maybe the NGOs can, can do something about it and, and raise awareness and and get the movement from the ground up to be able to, for people to be able to understand why the tariffs need to go up. Because you know the saying is like, I'm not getting water 24 seven, and you want to raise my rate. Am I going to get more water? Well, you might, you may not. <laughs> <laughs> but we need the money to fix things. Um, and especially if there's climate um, challenges, uh, more things are, are breaking, you know, like I was talking about, you know, pipes are being washed away and like, through landslides and river, river crossings and et cetera. So there's even more cost. You know, most of the region's infrastructure is old, you know, 40, 50 years old at least. And, and they need changing, just like many parts of the world. Um, It seems everybody put in new infrastructure in the 60s (laughs) because everybody's infrastructure is over 50 years old now, Um, but it is what it is and it it needs changing. So they're looking for more sustainable ways and more climate resilient ways of, um, of installing this infrastructure.
0: Yeah. yeah it's interesting that you mentioned those um uh the habitat webinars because there was i thought they were really inspiring and, and and really good to um uh to listen to and also bring the experts uh t- together in in a network yeah. more than just a region but you could listen to the worldwide experiences and these podcasts are kind of follow up on that so the the webinars are let's say more internal for the experts whereas the podcasts are for everybody in the world that wants to to listen then uh, to what's happening. I was wondering in um, tomorrow, we will have the 8 billion person in the world uh, being born. Uh, the UN has calculated that that will happen tomorrow. They don't know exactly who it is because I believe it's uh, we grow with 20 people per second or something. So they'll, they'll probably pick someone as the as, as the lucky boy or girl in some country who can, who can later claim I'm number uh, 8 billion. Um, But that is one trend, so the the world population is growing. Another clear trend is uh, urbanization. In the 1950s, uh, I'm a human geographer, so I learned that in the 1950s, 70% of the people was living uh, in in the countryside and only 30% in the cities. And by 2050, and that's getting close, um, that will be turned around. Is that an issue in in the Caribbean as well, do you, do you see a trend towards urbanization? And, and when, when you have people more concentrated in one space, is that an advantage for dealing with wastewater infrastructure, or is it a bigger challenge or is it both of it?
1: That's a good question. That's a good question. I'll pick the easier half of the question first. Okay. Um, urbanization, you know, when, when you're a developing nation, urbanization seems to take you closer to um, developed nation status. You know, you can, you live in the city or you live close to the city, you know, things are happening there. That's where the jobs are. They're where the fancy jobs are, you know? So you get to dress up and go to work and look, and look like you're fancy, you know, even though you may just be working in a simple job, but you're impressive than otherwise. than if you just lived in the countryside and, and farmed, however, however, um, when there's a shortage of food, when there is a, when there's flooding and, 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 uh, farms are damaged, uh, and, you know, you, you, you see the importance of what is going on. So we, we, in the Caribbean, we're sort of caught between developing and we're looking at the developed world because, you know, folks will, I mean, now with, with, um, communication, you, you get to see what's going on everywhere. You get to see what they're doing, you know? We, we we went from having trains where people had public transport to where it became um a society thing to own a vehicle and now when you're up you are almost frowned upon if why are you driving and you could- you could have ridden your bike you know if somebody rides a bike down here, people look at them like why is he riding a bike doesn't you know isn't he doing well what's going on he needs a you know so you have some of that uh, what's urbanization going on um it's it's it leads to a lot of people coming together, and there's some advantages of it. Like if you're treating wastewater, you you, you don't you'll have less infrastructure. The pipelines and the grids are, are are closer together, perhaps, and so the treatment plant, the you know, so that the system, the sewerage system, doesn't have to be perhaps as broad as as when you as when you go to the urban uh, peri-urban and and and, and the agricultural or the, the countryside. Um, but you know, w- with people living on top of each other, if you will, they have different problems. You know, um, as we saw in COVID, disease travels quicker because people are closer to each other, uh, versus when when you're not as 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 close as in in, in the city. So th- there are pros and there are cons. Um, you know, the cities tend to have tighter infrastructure if you will um even though i mentioned that in our city they will open the manhole to let go to release some of the water because of the flooding but that's because part of our thing is so close to sea level it doesn't really run off quickly enough but wastewater it it, you know you have different challenges in 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 the cities versus in the non-cities and um you know it's to me it's about a balance Uh, when 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 in the in the areas outside of the city, the distances between um, residences is greater. So you tend to not have wastewater treatment plants. And if you do, it costs more because to get the, you know, you have to, because of the whole design nature, which I won't get into with gravity flow and pump stations and all that, it it could get expensive if if you have to go great distances. And so you just end up using many times, unless it's a housing development that could not be built, in the city, which is what's happening here. You have to go build where there's land. Then you build your own treatment plant. But then it's a smaller treatment plant. And it's a smaller treatment plant gives almost the same trouble as a larger treatment plant. And so, you know, you, so you have to give it the same attention that it needs, uh, which may or may not happen.
0: Yeah. You already mentioned health uh, twice. You mentioned it now for, for in, in, in times of, of COVID, you mentioned it earlier on, you, you you said uh, uh, the environment doesn't get cholera but uh, so it's it's a health problem we should focus on if if you look at the waste itself um is what are you most concerned about what kind of what elements in wastewater are the most worrying from a health perspective and therefore a strong argument to to
1: give more priority to treating wastewater wastewater is an interesting topic because basically you use everything that comes out of your own body you don't really add anything to it so whatever it is you deposited in your toilet fixture is what is used as the treatment process all you do is you give the microorganisms more of what they need so if they need more oxygen you give them more oxygen uh, and they will thrive, which is interesting. The, the different types of challenges is that for more for the most part, wastewater treatment is an aerobic activity. You know, you want to use the aerobic bacteria because they do what, you know, they are, well, they do what you need them to do and they don't give off smell. The anaerobic bacteria, the ones that don't use oxygen, are the ones that gives off the smell. So if you have an aerobic treatment plant, And you show up and it's smelling, you know, the balance is off. Probably your aeration um, equipment is not functioning. But if the wastewater leaves the plant with low dissolved oxygen, then it's going to put a drag on whatever water body it gets into. It starts to pull the oxygen out of where it goes because it wants oxygen. You know, we are oxygen loving um, um, beings. If we go anywhere, if we leave a place with very little oxygen and we find a place with a lot of oxygen, of course we take deep breaths as a human being because we need this to live. So so they kind of do what they do equivalently. So there is the problem of uh, low dissolved oxygen going into the water bodies and therefore possibly even doing and killing what's there. They have fish kills, they have plant deaths and all that. The other thing is that if your, your treatment process is not functioning as it, as designed, you will release some of the um, elements, phosphorus, nitrogen, ammonia, um, to the environment. And that's those are the main ingredients in fertilizer. So basically you're sending liquid fertilizer from your plant, then that causes other problems because now the plants in the stream will thrive and thereby choking up the stream. And, and, and doing that, it also removes oxygen as well. Eutrophication is the fancy word. Um the other thing is that if your disinfection process is not functioning properly, then the microorganisms that actually came out of your body, when they go in your body through your mouth or your nose, that's when they cause real problems. So it's okay coming out the other end, but it's not good going in the other the first end. Um yeah. That's when you get some of those diseases and sicknesses um that are prevalent that you that you hear about. And then we had mentioned cholera, you know, ATS had that problem a couple of times recently, I think just recently again. So the, the challenge is to be able to properly treat the wastewater and it's not rocket science, you can stay on top of it once you do it, you know, diligently. But um if you don't, then you then you then you give rise. So Yes, the people will have health problems and yes, the environment will struggle because, you know, with the low dissolved oxygen perhaps, and or the high um, elemental discharges causing um, plants to grow and and overgrow and choke out other things, you know, it it affects everything when it's not done right. And when it's done right, and you could actually reuse wastewater, you know, we we have mentioned that yet for the morning and, and wastewater I, I somebody's going to change that name because the word waste really connotes a, a, a bad picture because it's just treated water. And, and I like to tease people, like when I go to one of these non-technical discussions and ask people if they would ever drink reuse wastewater, <laughs> and nine out of 10 people make a face and say things like, ew, never happen, all that, <laughs> I say, I'm sorry, but you've already done that. And they look at me like, what? I said, if you, if your wastewater, if your water treatment plant is on a river, you have had reuse wastewater. Yeah. And most of the treatment plants will end up in a river somewhere. So you can treat water. I tell people, it's like treating water is like treating oil. You could treat it to whatever level you want to treat it and use it however you want. You can treat wastewater cleaner than water that comes out of the ground. It's just a matter of what level of treatment you want to use. Um, and, 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 and in the region like Trinidad, they're looking at using reuse. Um, some of the low-hanging fruit is, is for cooling equipment. You don't need fancy water the cool equipment and you do, certainly don't need to use portable water which you know if you're not giving 24/7 water somewhere that water could go there while you just reuse you know use reuse wastewater to cool equipment um, to irrigate farms you know if, if it has some level of nitrogen and phosphorus in it and some of the ammonia and etc the farms will love it so um, you know there is there are easy uses for and, and which they're doing all over the world. I mean, I remember seeing going to visit um, when I lived in Florida. I visited one of the bear beer um, companies, and they had they what they were growing, maybe hops or, or barley, and and they were just using their, that reused wastewater. They were loving it, and they were spraying it, you know, all over. And uh, you know, it, it it was being well used. Um, it's just water. It's just a question yeah. of what level do you need it to be at, and we can get it to that level.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um I'm I'm looking at the clock we're we're now at at about 40 minutes in here. There's normally when I open the open the floor to um to people that are listening, so if you have any questions, uh, do uh, call in. That's why the app is called that way. Um and you just uh, use the I think the little phone icon uh for that. Um in the meantime, if I don't see anybody uh, calling in yet, um w- one of the key issues with wastewater is is governance you need an infrastructure of 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 laws and regulations you need all kinds of uh different levels in government uh working together is um uh it's it's is that something that that you are working on uh with with the caribbean water and wastewater association because i can imagine that with all these different governments and all these different islands you must have all kinds of different uh, challenges
1: indeed there are many different ones but for the most part they're similar um and and funny you should mention that we just came off of our annual conference and exhibition and this year was in um, the bahamas and um, for a shameless plug next year october it's going to be in guyana (laughs) Um, but we just one of the highlights of our conferences our annual conferences um, is that we have two high-level fora. We have a high-level forum for water wastewater, and one for solid waste management. And at that, um, the government ministers with those portfolios are invited to to participate. Uh, this year we had two really good sessions. Um, the, the ministers that came were very engaged, and 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 afterwards at the at the um, the media. Um, press the press conference i I was very impressed by how much they knew and how much they had learned and and how much they were able to 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 use the words if you will um it was it was wonderful so you know we, we we provide a platform for for all levels um going all the way up to to the government ministers um because we don't yet have a regional um gathering for for water and wastewater and even solid waste the solid waste sector so we're the closest thing to that. We take great pride in it. We're 31 years this year, as a, as a as, a, as a, an NGO in the region, and um, we bring the ministers together because you know what? When you win an election uh, as a member of parliament, you're not necessarily a subject matter expert. You you you've can, you you've can, you've campaigned, you won, and then then now they the how we have it in our system, you get a ministry, a government ministry to run. It could be a water ministry, housing ministry, environment ministry, petroleum, if you have it, tourists. You know, they, they, you know there's a plethora of, of, of subject matter for, for ministries. And so you, you, you may be a, um, a lawyer or you may be a, a business person and you get the, the portfolio of water. Let's say the water utility is under you. You know, you have to learn. Yeah. you have to understand so you, you'll pick up some of that from existing information you pick it up from the utility and and we're providing we provide a platform for you to come and talk to the other government minister, ministers um in the region that that may be in the same situation you are in maybe there's some that have a little bit more um experience because they've maybe won their seat four times and they have maintained that portfolio um you know and and i, I make the joke and and at the forum, and they laughed. I said, listen, this is where you can come and ask your colleague, how did you raise water rates and still win the election? <laughs> they they love that one. I mean, because that's a real thing for, for many countries. It's like we need to raise this thing, but it's, it's tough, you know. Um, so, you know, you have that, and you, the governance, legislation, standards, you know, all those are presented to them, you know, to, to, so that they'll know what exists. And then they could ask the follow up questions of consultants of lending agencies because um, uh, the development banks attend our conferences, you know, all all, all the names, many UN agencies attend our conferences. And, and as I say, we have a very close relationship, actually, just to mention something else, there is a regional strategic, action plan for, for governments in the water sector for climate change. And it's current, it's the acronym is RSAP, R-S-A-P. Regional Strategic Action Plan, and it and it's based on governance. It's based on um, climate resilience in, in the water and wastewater sector. So CWA is the chair of that implementation monitoring committee, but all the players, all the big players, are on that committee. And so you know we come together on a monthly basis and discuss uh, moving that action plan forward. It's an actual document that was uh, it's a couple of years old, and um, we just had it updated last year. Through some funding and um it, it lists you know i, I want to say almost all the projects that need to be done but i wouldn't say that but it's a lot and so the funding agencies just come and look and see it's like okay what 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 can i fund what can i help with uh, who, who yeah. can i work with to, to make this happen so we have one for water waste, water, and there's also the caribbean waste management action plan as well for, for solid waste so there's some action plans in place that people can just come aboard and and, and just get an idea of what the situation looks like in the Caribbean, the the different areas that require projects and funding, sometimes grants, sometimes loans, you know? So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Excellent. I I see a a caller. I'll let her in. Hi, Evelyn. Thank you very much for joining.
2: Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: this was very, very interesting. And I kept writing down questions and you guys kept answering them, which was good obviously, but then I ran out of questions. Um, But what you made me do is just quickly um, do a Google search of like um, where the wastewater comes from at the local and wastewater treatment plant and it travels about um four miles and we have a sewer system of pipes mostly especially in this area
0: which isn't
2: so in switzerland sorry i should mention that yeah northern switzerland sort of the flat area and um so four miles is roughly how far it travels and that doesn't seem to be like a long distance so what i'm wondering is like how Far apart should those wastewater treatment plants be for it to be um, um, cost effective, I guess. And does do the septic tanks that you mentioned? Does that change that? Can they be further apart? Can you have like bigger ones and then just transport the wastewater there? By I don't even know how. I'm not that familiar with septic tanks, so. Um, yeah, just basically how far apart should they be to have like um, a system that works well and that's cost-effective?
0: Okay, thank you. Interesting question. What would yeah. you say?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, just to talk a little The septic tank is is an on treatment system. It is basically a concrete box. It could be made out of synthetics these days, high-density polyethylene, et cetera. Uh, you can build it from concrete blocks and then, and then plaster inside. So it's, it's a box, it's an underground box that really main function is to remove the solids. Because in, in the beginning of wastewater, a human being deposits solids and liquid into drinking water. The water that's in your toilet tank is drinking water. And you deposit solid and liquid in there and wastewater treatment, the main goal is to separate it back out the solids And treat the liquid so you could get as close to the original water as possible and it just depends on how much you want to spend and where you're sending it if you're sending it to a big river it's not as critical to to um to to clean it up to drinking water quality certainly not Um, but if you're sending it to an environmentally sensitive area or if you want to reuse it then the treatment goes up but the septic tank usually is associated with a system that absorbs it into the ground so it just basically stays in your own yard it it, uh, and, and the Liquid that comes at the back end of the treatment plant, of the little septic tank, is reasonably clear of solids, and the water just soaks away in the yard and and, and goes away. For the only time that, well, one of the main times that becomes a challenge is that if you have an underground aquifer that is shallow, then if you have a lot of these tanks, because it's a, a neighborhood and everyone has their own, the nitrogen, the nitrates, and the phosphates will soak into the ground and it may enter the, the, the drinking water. And now you have additional challenges to treat that drinking water at the, weight, at the water treatment plant. So you have to watch that carefully with, with your aquifers. You, you can't just put them everywhere. Um, in terms of the distance, one of the things uh, I mentioned before is that you, you want to keep wastewater as aerobic as possible. And so the longer it spends without being aerated is the higher probability it's going to be turned an anaerobic. So the anaerobic bacteria, the bacteria that doesn't like the, um, doesn't like oxygen, but it wants carbon dioxide, it's going to, they're going to start to proliferate. And then, but when they, what they give off in terms of gases, they give off is hydrogen sulfide, which is that rotten egg gas, which your nose can pick up a very, very small amount. It's the same gas with anything that's going bad. If you have some leaves in a drain and you leave it for a while, it's the same. It's the same sort of thing and it's the same smell. Um, so the distance between where you collect the wastewater and where you treat it um, can be a challenge because it, it, it speaks to the length of time the wastewater is going to be untreated. Um, if you're pretty flat that you're going to, if it's pretty flat, you're going to have to pump it. And, and, and that is going to increase your infrastructure costs. And of course your operational maintenance costs and which goes into electrical and everything else um, in order to pump it. Because wastewater flows by gravity most of the time. You're trying to, you know, you slope the pipes on the ground and let it flow. You don't want to pump it if you don't have to. Um, but when it's flat and you have no slope in the land, you have to make slope. Uh, which means the pipes get deeper and deeper to the point where it's too deep to be cost-effective. So you put in a a lift station that brings it back up and then, you know, as a second step. So depending on on the volumes that you're treating, depending on the length of time it would spend in the pipe, you know, those are all part of the calculations to decide because what you might have to do is aerate it on the journey to the treatment plant, re-aerate it. And there are little tricks of doing that. You can make it splash in a waterfall and things like that, but usually it's going to be in a pipe somewhere. So you have to, it's all part of the design process. Um, you can go several miles, but you have to, you know, you have to understand what the length of time is going to be in the pipe. A smaller pipe using a smaller pump um, may take longer. And the, and the water in between pumping cycles, the water just sits in the pipe and then it pumps and pushes it again and then stops. So depending on the frequency of that will depend on how long it takes this little one piece to, to, to go. So as I say, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's in, that's an interesting part of the design. That's one of the reasons I love wastewater so much. There's so many different aspects to it. And plus, it's a living thing. You know, your treatment plant is like a big fish tank. You know, it comes in with all the fish you need, figuratively, all the microorganisms, and you just need to foster them and, and make sure that they just, they like to eat and you want to get rid of sludge, no problem. What do you need? you need temperature? All right, I'll warm up the tanks for you, especially if you're in northern, in the northern countries like you guys uh you need to warm the tanks well that takes energy so maybe you could do something else maybe you could do anaerobic sludge so you could get methane coming off and then you could use the methane to help warm the warm the tanks and, and you know make it a nice cycle um so most of the time in, in the caribbean we have the temperature and everything we're just looking for oxygen so we just put oxygen in there because as they breathe all the oxygen you know the, the liquid is just like a, just like a fish tank you have bubbles in the fish tank um to keep aerating the water so that the microorganisms, you know, not all fish um, breed, take oxygen from the water. Some of them come to the surface, but generally for the rest of the bio biomass in the tank, you need to keep it um, in equilibrium. And so handling of sludge, uh, time as part of the treatment process, all these things are, are taken. It's not so complicated. It sounds so when you're talking, but it's not too bad when you when you're doing those calculations. Many of the solutions become very obvious. Yeah. Wow.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Uh, that was so interesting. Thank you. And yeah, welcome. um I need to learn more about septic tanks and wastewater treatment, I guess. But yeah, thank you so much.
0: Sure. Thanks, Lynn. Hi, Sharon. Thanks for joining. I think we lost Sharon. Um, still there? There she is. Um, take next color. And then you have to unmute yourself. <laughs> hi, Sharon.
3: Hi. Um, hi, Alex. Um, hello, Mr. Williams. Um, I'm speaking hi, to uh... you. Um, hi. I'm speaking to you from uh, Arizona. I live in the Sonoran Desert, um, where water, as you know, is scarce and water is the number one priority. Um, and not wastewater so much um, but how can wastewater um, become a sustainable resource uh, you were talking about nature resources green resources in a drought stricken area or even overall and what has to change uh, to make that happen?
1: Well. First of all, if you're in a drought stricken area, then every single drop of water, regardless of what it is, is valuable. Um, and what usually helps make it change is legislature. Um, just like with many other environmental um, what the word? Uh, activities of any sort. I mean, when back in the day when I was in college, they told me that environmental engineering was the engineering of the 90s. Well, it really wasn't. And what I realized afterwards, it's environmental concerns only take place mostly either when there's legislature. You know, if I have to meet this, then I'm going to have to meet it. But if you don't have legislature to make me meet the standard, then we'll just pretend I don't have to. But in a place like Arizona, you guys shouldn't throw away any water because wastewater, as I said, listen, <laughs> when, when you see the back end of a, water treat, of a wastewater treatment plant and you see that water coming out crystal clear, you'll be shocked. Most of the time you know I love doing these um plant tours when people when you know at the beginning you see it all looks brown like like cocoa with milk in it, you know, I like to say that it upsets people um and they and I talk about you know we could reuse this wastewater, and they're like, "Oh, and then we go to the back of the plant, and the water that's coming out is, is it looks like drinking water, I mean it's full of bacteria, but I mean it looks like drinking water, and I say, you see, look at the water." And I remember doing a a tour once and and the lady looked at it and said, wow, what a waste. It's like, exactly, exactly. We're just putting this out in the environment and we could be using it. So as I mentioned before, water can be treated to any quality. It doesn't really matter. If you're taking water from a river, you have to treat it anyway. Um, If you're taking it from underground, it usually has less things that you have to, to treat. But once you're taking it from a river, there's, you know, most treatment plants, the back end of most treatment plants when they're functioning are better than the river to start off with. So um, it's not a big deal. Uh, it has to be financially viable. That's That's been one of the challenges is that it costs more to treat the wastewater than to treat some other waters that may come out the ground if you have underground water. I'm not sure what the situation in Arizona is, um, but you have to... It, it starts from the top, and sometimes it starts from the bottom, too, in terms of groundswell from, from um, NGOs and, and, and the, just, the, just the, 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 the private groups that, that want to you know, make us. You if, if see, for politicians, they will do what the people want because they will want to get back into power. So if the people say, listen, I'm willing to talk reuse, then they will listen. But if the people all say, no, 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 you need to find a different solution and we're not going to touch this stuff. It's like, you know, it's there's a lot of education that's needed. And that's why we talked about the the webinars with you and Habitat and everything that education. Once people understand when people go to on a treatment plan and they see the beginning and the end and they see that this is the water we're getting rid of. And you're looking at it and it looks better than the river water. It's like, well, OK, OK, well, I guess we could use this. It's like Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can. Because um, if you're treating the river water to that standard, then you can treat this. This is already mostly treated anyway. So awareness is big um, because then people won't have that. They won't put up their, as you say, put up their backs against it and say, no, 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 no I'm not going to do that. And it's like, well, buddy, you, you probably already are. So.
3: <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, just one really quick follow-up question. Um, the county that I live in is very agricultural. So um, farming dairy cattle, can wastewater, um, I I hope it's sludge is the right word, be used as a resource and put back into agriculture um, for farming or dairy cattle?
1: Very much so, very much so. I remember um, I went on a tour in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I went to a treatment, It was a seminar there and we went to look at the treatment. One of the huge mega treatment plants and they have sells, They have something that they sell in the hardware stores called millorganite. And I'd heard about it, and it's like, oh, it's actually here, millorganite, pretty cool. So what they do is a giant, giant treatment plant, and they had a couple of those in the region. They, they bring in all the sludge, the treated sludge from the treatment plants, and they treat it. They add this, they take away that, they heat it, they do a couple of things, and they bag it, and it's sold in the hardware store. So, you definitely can. One of the things that you just concern about um, human sludge is that it may have some, what do you call them? Is it cysts? Cysts that from some diseases that may carry over. But for the most part, everything just dies anyway. Um, and you can treat that as well. So, it's not a big deal. And the only time that it becomes as kind of a concern is if you're putting it around plants that have fruit that rest on the ground, like Pumpkin, watermelon—those things that are actually resting on the ground, which may rest on the fertilizer. But even that, the chances of something happening are low. But of course, if you're just doing—I've been on places where they use race race water to to hay in, a, in the hay fields. They just spray it out. You know, use one of those big sprayers. They they get rid of the solids so that they, the, the water can pass through the nozzles, and they spray. The bear companies have it through really long arms attached to a tractor, and they just drive in and they they spray. And so, yeah. Um, you could use the liquid and you could use the solids quite easily you don't need to throw away anything.
3: Thank you so much
0: fantastic wayne well, thank, I would also like to thank you so much because I see that we we're reaching the full hour and i'm sure that we could we could continue easily for another hour because there's uh, I still have a lot of questions and and uh, still still a lot of things to uh, to talk about so who knows maybe we should have you back here someday for for a kind of follow-up um i'd like to say you're, you're such a great advocate for uh, the whole issue of wastewater you can you can present it in the fascinating way that it is there are so many aspects to this problem and each and every one of these eight billion that we will have tomorrow is somehow dealing with wastewater mostly on the productive side uh but we all we all need uh, uh good solutions for wastewater and we 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 need uh we need investments in it it's good for our health and good for the environment and uh and you've you've touched on all those issues so um yeah i'll i'll, I'll leave for you so maybe you have a, a a last word or last thought to to share before before we uh before we stop um stop the podcast for today
1: okay thanks alexander um while you were talking I was thinking you know that eight billion people are all involved in wastewater production <laughs> so one one might say in a, in a funny way that wastewater is everybody's business um, I might I might put that on a t-shirt um, but the thing is that it's it, it can't go away it's part of life it's part of life and so the sooner we handle it and sooner we deal with it properly and to keep it in in a in a you know, in where it needs to be and use it wisely. Uh, It doesn't have to be a problem. It it doesn't have to be. And I would just, as I say, shameless plug with the Caribbean, which which shoulder, Caribbean Waterway Solar, you know, we're there, www.cwba.net. Just log on and and see, we have a lot of things going on. You can keep in touch with what's going on in the Caribbean. We're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. We're on everything, even TikTok. Yeah. So uh, you You can find us, CWA underscore Caribbean, is one of the, one of our addresses. But once you Google us, you'll find us. Um, yeah, and it'd yeah. be great. It, we have a lot of international partners. We have a lot of international friends, regional uh, folks. As I said, when we just had the conference recently, we had folks coming in from Europe, um, uh, from everywhere, from everywhere. So, um, and now we're gonna, you, you, there's a little bit of hybrid capacity that we're doing now for the virtual. So for our high level forum, for the government ministers that could not come and from the, some of the technocrats that had to present we were able to just put them up on the screen and, and as if they were right in the room. So yeah. you know, let's just let's just keep talking wastewater and let's just as you say, get it done. <laughs>
0: yeah. Excellent. Yes. It's I, I saw your uh, your website which is beautifully designed, very active and full of uh, uh, full of good information, and um, I don't see the address on top of my head. But if anybody who googles for Caribbean Water and Wastewater Association, you will find it. I think on Twitter your handle is at uh, CWWA underscore Caribbean. Is that it? Caribbean, right? yeah. Caribbean, yeah. yeah. That's our. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, your and you're active uh, active there as well. So there's lots of uh, information. That's also how people can find you or people can uh, connect to me. Um, thank you so much for uh, this series. We will continue. Uh, this is uh, the second one in a series of more or less six. We will see how 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 many we will make. I don't have exactly the date yet for uh, the next one. It might be this Friday, but that is not uh, confirmed yet. Um, there's certainly one coming up the week afterwards. I will keep informing you in the normal way. I will, of course, announce it on uh, on the call-in app. Uh, I will put it on uh, the Twitter account and nowadays also on the Mastodon account for those of you that have already uh made uh made the switch or at least the addition um of the other platform that's rapidly growing. Um and I might actually start to make an uh an email list of those people that are really following this series because I start to recognize a lot of faces. So maybe I'll just send you an email. In that case um if you're interested just uh drop me a message. Uh it's alexander.verbake at gmail or uh, use uh, use my direct mail at uh, Twitter, which is at Alex underscore Verbeek. But I see quite a few faces that are following me there already. Thanks so much for listening. So thanks for Wayne, but thanks for listening to those that are listening now and to those that are later listening to the recording, which is not only available on call-in, But I find that many people uh, uh, listen via Spotify and it's also on Apple podcast and perhaps even a a bit more. But those are the two biggest, I think. With that, I would like to end. Wayne, don't click on the end yet. But for all of you, I will now end this room and I hope to uh, see and hear you back uh, very soon. Thanks so much for listening. Bye bye.